You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode uh, 230. That's right. (laughs) Of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. That's right. We got two games left after this one. Which, well, when I say this one, I mean today's. And that's, that was about three hours ago. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're jumping in. To uh, talk about some good news, because uh, we won three to nothing today, Mike. But we'll go over the highlights. It was basically zero zero. Um, New Jersey. These are two evenly matched teams. <laughs> um, for Sonny better got, force. Yeah, Sonny <laughs> accidentally knocked one in the back of the net. Um, New Jersey had some that were called off. I guess the Wingdings had had one that was called off. Uh, this is just it was a mess of a game. Uh, the only thing I think you could legitimately walk away with and say about this New Jersey game is that Mike, they absolutely deserve those better chances. Uh, <laughs> at the first pick, they deserve them more than we do. Yeah. I think that's um, fair to say after today. I do think that uh, they should have redone the three stars. Um, they gave both of them to uh, each of the goalies and one to Sonny. And I think number one uh, probably should have been Blaschel himself. Uh, for that phenomenal call and challenge on the offside for one of those goals. Now he's not, he did not uh, secure his job next season for the Red Wings, but he did secure perhaps uh, as official hockey play reviewer for some other national league, national hockey league team. Man. A joke would have punched a little bit better if I remembered what NHL stood for, but yeah, I thought Blashell nailed it, so good for him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Justicia? Justicia. There we go. Okay, we did get it. Justicia, what's going on? Yo! Eric, coming in with the morning, guys. Uh, could this be uh, with, with the last name Johnson? Uh, Eric, are, are you coming from... Where you? Where would you be saying hello and good morning from? I, I'm curious. Where do you... Who do you... Where... What's your social... Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't have... You don't have a U.S. Social Security number, but give me all those. Give me a phone number. Just throw it right in the chat. All of your tax reporting number. No, I'm just curious where you're saying good morning from. Uh, Jared wants to know if I'm a puppet master. <coughs> um, I might need more. A little more context on. <laughs> I need more context on that one. I'm missing it. Uh, I don't know if it was. I I thought maybe I'd get some comments because I'm wearing the the Red Wings rant white t-shirt today and it is really the sun's coming in even though it's raining right now we got a lot of natural light coming in and it's really brightening up my face and uh, my shirt right now fun fact matt's actually wearing a black t-shirt that's how bright it is right (laughs) on him oh jared's uh talking about the uh the intro the uh yeah that's my favorite part of the screen yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, Curtis coming in. Edvinson wins the 23. Calder confirmed. Mike, we have a lot to talk about. Curtis, I love where your head's at. Mike, would I, we'll, we'll just tease this now, so stick around. I want to talk about why people were so... We're blowing loads over, oh my God, we get to see Edvinson in Grand Rapids next year. Can I tell you, that would be such a wet fart of a... Like, I won't be bummed for, you know, obviously we'll be happy for the people in Grand Rapids. We'll be happy, you know, that uh, he's in North America and we get to see him develop. But if he goes through training camp and we're looking at a full year of Edmondson and Grand Rapids, get, get, isn't that disappointing? Am I am I far off? I saw a lot of that today on, twi- on Twitter. And maybe I just follow a lot of Griffins fans and I'm not aware of that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not shooting off fireworks for our uh, development team to uh, you know win the minor league uh, playoffs. I don't care about that, um, which yeah. they will probably do if they get Edmondson. Uh, like the chances of me making multiple trips to Grand Rapids uh, go through the roof, Mike. I my plan is to uh, try to make a trip out to Traverse City um, and try and catch him um, and hope that he has the same kind of display that, you know, Cider and Lucas did, and then they just skip all that, you know, Grand Rapids nonsense and just send them to Detroit. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping to see that in person um, this coming off season. Uh, we got two two responses from Eric. Uh, one, just to let us know, he spaced out in Wisconsin in a cloud of smoke, so that's where the good morning came from. But he's not so spaced out because he does come in with good points. It did take Mo a year in Grand Rapids. That is, I mean... Legit. Like, if you had to put money on it, Mike, would you put money on Edmondson being in Grand Rapids or Detroit? I feel like you would put the money. Well, it'd probably be a bad bet because the likelihood of him being in Grand Rapids, you make less money. So anyway, that's the wrong question. But I, it's there's a very good chance, yeah, he's spending the year in Grand Rapids. I'm just saying that was the last thing I wanted to tweet was, oh, my God, I can't wait for that big announcement. That's all. I, I just I, I, I wasn't sharing in the excitement. I know. I just I'm I'm terrified with what our offseason is going to look like. And hypothetically, the biggest move would have been bringing in another rookie. Um, but I mean, that's for later shows that we have coming in the summer. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. This was an exciting day. I'm just saying, like the first thought wasn't can't wait to see him in Grand Rapids. I don't know. Maybe if I'm, you're thinking, if I'm you're thinking thinking. rationally, if you're thinking rationally, no way he's actually going to just immediately be elevated uh, to the Red Wings. It'd be nice, but, you know. But that's where, coming in, too, back to Curtis's comment, um, like, that's that's the excitement level I want. Curtis is like, come on, 23 caller. We got this. Two years in a row, we're going to go Cider, Edmondson, back-to-back. We're good to go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I know uh, I've got to <laughs> pull back significantly here. Right. Um, I think we're just like, I'm in that headspace, right? Like we've seen a hell of a year from cider. We got one heck of a surprise from Lucas. Of course we could, you know, we'll talk about this at the end of the year, um, about Lucas and getting this opportunity to play. And clearly this was a, a successful rookie season for him. But remember at the beginning of the season, we were talking about, he got that chance because Verano was down. Um, when you look at the Red Wings and how many left side defensemen either uh, blow or should be out the door, that's where you just start connecting the dots and you're like, all right, 
Lucas gets this shot last or this past season because Verona goes down. We need to fill out this offense somehow. So the last thing we want to do is say, Verona's out for most of the season. Lucas, you're also going to Grand Rapids. There's a space for him. And right. he did fantastically. But a lot of that, I think, plays into why he got that opportunity at the beginning of the season. So, Mike, you just said our biggest acquisition this offseason might just be bringing in some rookies. So that just that's where my head's at. That's where I want to be well, excited. Like, we we felt it already this year. I got to go turn on a light because even the white is distracting me. It's, it's very okay. yeah, it's very powerful, man. My God, that I turned on uh, another light that actually did help a little bit. Okay, yeah, your your face looks one, a little bit better. One more, you chat with the chat with the buddies here. Say hi to Brad. Brad, Dumont. How are you doing, sir? First time message. Red Wings need more of you, too. Thanks for the show. Hey, we really appreciate that, Brad. It's really nice. Um, but, I mean, let's let's say this. The reason that we're, you know, um, kind of pie-in-the-sky dreams for Edmondson is, you know, we had games like the one with Pittsburgh where it was a, uh, you know, bare butt balls and back spanking <laughs> um, where it kind of <laughs> felt like the Penguins could do whatever they wanted to our little Red Wing heinies. Um, so it... it it's very, uh, very demoralizing <laughs> defeat. Um, so ideally, we'd like to have a few more uh, capable bodies on the blue line, and not just the you know warm bodies that we you know had this season. Um, but yeah, yeah. Here's some official news here, Matt. Uh, dropping the Simon Edmondson signed. Yeah, we we jumped in. Deal. We yeah. jumped in and just started talking about it, like you, like everybody already knew. But yeah, you know, for the podcast listeners, of course. Um, Actually, you know, the title of the episode will be exactly the same. So you guys are aware too. Uh, but yeah. Whoa. Oh, God. Not yet. Back up. Uh, Simon Edmondson signed. Uh, cap friendly. Uh, for what it's worth, if anybody gives to craps, uh, have him at 950. So there you go. I think that's more than cider, but that also might be a default setting. So keep that one in mind. Might be the entry gentlemen. level deal there. Yep. <laughs> Um, Jared has thrown in there too the same sentiment here. If this is De Kaiser's final season, then Edmondson makes the team. And again, I think I mean we could pull up that cap friendly right now. Um, it's, it's not, <laughs> it does not look great on that uh, that left hand side. Uh, it looks fun, and we'll look at it in a minute for the prospect side of things uh, for our left side of the defenseman. I do have that slide for today. But, uh, yeah, what I didn't have pulled up, and I can pull this up in a second here, um, is exactly what it looks like. So, I mean, just for anybody who hasn't really given it a thought in a little bit, because I can totally understand. Why would you want to continually think about the left side of this defense? Um, so let's pull it up. Just to remind everybody. DeKaiser and Stahl, probably gone. Um, Stahl you, probably you, returning, though. I'm going to throw that out there. Okay. Probably uh, maybe let's, half let's of that game. <clears throat> it's fun because luckily two is a really easy number to work with. I'm going to say he makes half of that two um, and gets a, a one year, one mil. Uh, then you've got an Osterley. Yeah. And then you've got uh, a Hulevi. I don't know. Fine game today. And a Jake Wallman, who I would like to see return, but I don't know if that's your difference maker. But a bit, basically, you're looking at a bunch of guys that aren't, aren't probably looking at next season with a solid role on, on their team or, or just, you know, on a cup contending team, they're not looking at, Oh, for sure. You're filling out, you know, somewhere on the left side of our D. 
I, I think that's fine to say. I think we've been pretty happy with Jake Waldman coming over. I think yeah. that that is something to be happy and excited about. But I think it's also pretty fair to say that Jake on other teams doesn't necessarily have a for sure role next season. You, you see his contract expiring. Like if you're a fan of some other team and he was on your team, you wouldn't necessarily look at that and say he's absolutely getting a, a contract. So just throwing that out there. Um, I, I, I want to be as fair as possible. And I think that's, that's fair for Jake. And I, I think we could be happy with what he's done so far, but I also think we can, if we're going to play the game, like maybe Edmondson doesn't make the team. I think it's also super fair to play the game that Jake Wallman probably doesn't <laughs> like have a for sure spot on this team next year. I think that one's okay. Uh, so basically what you're saying is you have like, like shoulder shrugs, right? You have, and you said Mark's still making it. I like immediately out of my mouth was, all right, he won't be here next year. And if you're looking to upgrade the team and take that next step, do you, you know, you can upgrade a Mark Stahl, I feel like, pretty easily. Like, you can't, you can't just get another, you know, $2 million level of Mark Stahl and, you know, just kind of make sure you have a veteran that's helping your, your core group grow. But I think if you're looking to start winning, that's 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 a spot you can upgrade. And look, I'm not saying anything new. Let's let's just get this out of the way, right? I mean, we're talking about a ton of space on the left side of the D. None of it's for sure for any of these guys. I think you have some options. And if you wanted to make the argument right now that Wallman's going to make it, um, you want to make the argument that Stahl's going to make it, I mean, I just... Still, we only got to fill one more one, slot, then we're yeah, guaranteed still leaves one a better record slot. next season. Hooray! <laughs> um, no, I just, uh, you know, the likelihood of two of those three guys coming back pretty high. Um, DeKaiser's probably gonna, you know, hang it up, he's probably done, and not a bad way to go out making five million bucks in your last season. Um, but yeah, Wallman in all likelihood is gonna come back on some, you know, low, low risk, low reward deal. And Stahl, I mean, it, you know, he got the A this season. You know, he's doing something right in the locker room. Um, you know, it may not be the sexiest plays that you see on the ice, uh, but he's probably done enough to secure a job. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if Stahl was a, a depth guy and not somebody that we had to right. see, you know, and this many minutes on, of. Right, count on yeah. every night. Now, yeah. we do have a couple of thoughts here. Um, v. Casanelli. Edmondson brings Willie and Elmer too. I think we're probably still, I'm going to put this out there. Soderblom will sign an entry-level contract. I think he absolutely is in Grand Rapids next year. Wallander, I think, is another year before he signs. That's my thought. Uh, but the Castanelli does throw in there, oh, please. Um, I think Willie would be a lot of fun. And I do like that you threw in Willie. Um <laughs> But he's another left side defenseman, right? Um, so it's it's getting loaded up. We do have that slide again. I want to take a look at it in a second. But I also, I, I like this, Mike. I told you uh, like an hour ago, I said I had about 20 minutes of content. I am so happy how many people showed up so they could help us have more of a deeper conversation about, about a guy just signing an entry-level contract, which Dan also says. Let's 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 bring it back into perspective here. Please, let's not carry to get carried away with Edmondson signing, Dan B says. Uh, most cider type rookie campaigns are very rare. Don't jinx the kid. 
Very true, Dan. Um, and I do, I as, as much as I agree with you, with not getting too excited, because again, what do we talk about all the time on the show, Mike? Getting very excited. Oh, Prospect no, brain. Prospect brain, that's it. Okay. I don't think, all right, so we've we've run the gamut on like three different podcasts. We I've tried that before so many different times. We used to have like uh, guys like Teflon when we were doing pro wrestling. We've never mm-hmm. been in sync with trying to come up with a catchphrase. Um, <laughs> it's going to one of these days. But all right. So prospect brain, real thing. Dan B warning us about it. Jared throws in a, a great, a great point, too. <laughs> Even if Edmondson has a rookie year half as good as Cider, he's still better than half the current defense, which is an amazing point uh, by Jared. And I think it's just one of those things where, um, you know, and I'd love to hear in the chat, too, from you guys. And Mike, obviously this goes for you as well. So we'll, we'll tackle this. Um, would, what, is there enough excitement from Edmondson being in the lineup next year? Like, does that get you through the season next year? And I'm talking about this and I, I, I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I think there's an element of making sure those season tickets get sold. Is Edmondson that guy that's going to help at least some of these tickets continue to move? Or is there not enough juice there and they can bring in somebody else to fill out this defense through free agency? I don't think that he's going to make the team because they want to sell tickets. Um, if that's if that's uh, See, what you're getting at. I, um, I'm, tell, I'm the only person that thinks this. I, I guarantee there's there's an I think this I think this news is out there to try and sell interest in the team because um you know it's it's a lot like the rest of the other local detroit teams where you're trying to just sell potential um so like be there when they turn it around be there to see you know the development guys i i guess what i meant to say was i i mean uh, do they cut back on on spending so much on free agency because they know that they can have an edmondson come in i think that's kind of that that's more or less where i'm coming from i'm not saying Jeff Blaschel, uh, who's head coach next year. I'm kidding. Uh, you know, the head coach next year puts Edmondson uh, on the first pair because he wants more tickets sold. I'm not. I'm not saying they go that length. Uh, I'm just. It's. It's like a. You know, we don't need to spend so much on free agency. We probably have a guy here. Well, I, I think what's, I think what's, this is I think it's really easy to break this down. I think the the people who care about this team who are still paying attention uh 80 games into what is another lost season where you're not making the playoffs and you know the best you're going to do is flounder for you know draft positioning. This is exciting for us hockey nerds to feel like oh man maybe we'll get to see the young kid play a little bit early. The rational mind says right. why the hell would that happen? Can he can he blend in the country before he's our number two defenseman? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. let, let's let him touch the ground and kind of, you know, get a hot and ready pizza in his tummy before we, hey, look what we did to Cider. We're going to do the same to you, but not let you develop for a season. So come on down. Like, <laughs> what? Um, I mean, we're not even letting him get acclimated. Um so I, I mean, this is news for nerds like us because we're we need something to latch on to because it's been a, a pretty dreadful year, um, and I, I I can understand you know getting getting you know overly excited 
uh, because we it feels like we haven't had a lot to get excited about besides like I don't know Verona goals, um, you know Cider trying to hit some rookie records um, and like like Calder watch. That's that's about what this season has been. So you know I can understand people kind of kind of wanting to be a little bit you know over eager about you know seeing this guy you know playing next to Cider and thinking man man now we got our one two punch just like we did you know twenty years ago with Nick Lidstrom and. You know, we were all out Schneider and Shelly, and it's going to be just like that, but better. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. Um, so I, I get being, I get being eager and even a little desperate. But Schneider was quite the pull, I got to say. I, 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 I liked him. All right, I, I, I don't know why his, I don't know why he came up in my brain first. Um, <laughs> you go ahead and judge me for that. I'll take that judgment. But you know, you know what I'm saying that it, it feels like my God. Now maybe we now have the number two guy, but. Just gotta pump the brakes. Just realize there's not a lot there, of hockey news right now. This this is something positive that we're kind of jumping the gun over. There's there's a lot of fun to be had. And coming yeah. back to Dan B's comment, there's a lot of good to come out with that mindset. Uh so a lot of oh look at Matt. excitement. Getting us even more excited here. <clears throat> right. Uh so this was brought up uh uh Prashanth brought this uh uh to Twitter for all of our eyes to see. Uh, we've got a chart here for the podcast listeners. Uh, your y-axis on this chart, or I'm sorry, that would be a graph. Uh, five by five, or five, five versus five, Corsi four percentage, and five versus five points per sixty. Why am I saying five versus five? Five on five, Jesus! Why do I need to read this graph? Shut up, you fucking idiot! Oh my god! Five on five, Corsi four. Five on five points per sixty, Jesus. Nice. All right. We got that out. Uh, basically, what we're looking at, Mike, <laughs> this is coming from the SHL and highlighted on here are, uh, I, I, we've looked at these charts before and they're broken down into, into four different quadrants. And you're basically looking at your, your most successful, throw out their defensemen, are going to be in the top right quadrant because they're getting the most points per 60 and the highest Corsi 4 percentage. Mo Sider probably has one of the best finishes for a season. And this this uh, graph that we're looking at goes back to 2015, if uh, you guys who are on YouTube haven't seen that part of it yet. Uh, so this goes back to 2015. Moritz Sider, one of the best seasons in, uh, the I, I guess, what, in the last seven years of the SHL. Still in the happy quadrant, in the super great, you had an awesome year quadrant, is Edmondson. Uh, Johansson, Mike, right behind him. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about him in a sec. Ooh, Ooh. I got the burps. Um, and, uh, Wallander, not, not doing so hot on the Corsi Four. So the, the attempts on that aren't there, but the, uh, the points per 60 are. So, uh, all thumbs for Wallander, of course, uh, who pulled out, like we pointed out last week, uh, or I'm sorry. Last episode, your your junior player of the year in the SHL. So uh, everything everything looking pretty good for these guys, but uh, ultimately, you know, you got to put you got to put uh, you got to highlight Edmondson there and just kind of show like we're we're all in this happy quadrant. We're all in this area where you're putting on more yeah, attempts so... than you're allowing. You're actually productive. You know, we're not just talking about guys that throwing the attempts don't see the points actually working out. They're doing the work. It's a good defensive game, good offensive game, and you can finish. 
At least, yeah. So, like you were saying, uh, Happy Quadrant Two, um, and, and basically what that was saying is you have uh, more than a point per sixty. Um, so, like Cider was the leader of these four guys: uh, Wallander, Edmondson, and Johansson. Um, about almost like one, one point seven five um, points per sixty, and then his Corsi um, was what sixty one percent, sixty two. Yeah, around there. Yeah, so uh, basically, Johansson and Edmondson were both um, above the median, you know, above that fifty, per- above the mean. Sorry, of fifty uh, percent. Wallander's a little bit below that, but he did have the better, um, you know, points per sixty of those three guys. So it, it just feels like all three guys are kind of trending again, um, you know, in in ways that make you feel like we know what we're doing uh, defensively when we're drafting and assessing talent. So it. it it looks promising, and you actually have the numerical numerical data to back that up. Yeah, and there's uh, also have some quali- qualitative data. Can we say that? Uh, because the Red Wings went ahead and did some homework for us and put together a little highlight reel. Of course, uh, here's our Edmondson goal. Uh, he, he was playing for Team Sweden back in uh, December. Uh, of course, look out for number seven here while you guys are watching this. I mean, that's that's our boy. Because uh, he's either setting up the defensive plays, passing. Uh, but yeah, this is hopefully, uh, Mike, hopefully some content we don't get flagged for. Because uh, this is just all over the place. And the Red Wings, right? They stole too. Right? They, they stole from Seymour. I'm sure they got permission. <laughs> um, there's probably something here we want to slow down, right? Uh, this, this is probably more of something we should have. Uh... See, now what is this? Can we, what's this? We're just showing him past the puck. Come on, Red Wings. Is this just a close-up, right? Can we make fun of that? No? For yeah, I don't know what this highlight is showcasing besides. This is just uh, number looks seven. like he's, he's really good at stick handling without looking at the puck. No, that's <laughs> nice. I'm surprised this only has 42 views. It looks like he's got really good... Um, it's most of us. Uh, like right his now. breathing technique looks really strong on that one shot. You yeah, know, these, these are terrible. Him. All right. I, I regret yeah. bringing that up. <laughs> Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup for eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so we do have other highlights, though. Uh, that's because uh, I brought up Albert Johansson's highlights that uh, Ice Hockey Gifts put together. Uh, because Mike, he's our—he's the other guy that was on that chart that's doing pretty good. He's, he's right behind um, Edmondson. And we got this juicy little quote from Draper. Albert showing some incredible confidence. He's got skating, 
shot and physical play. When the season is over, we'll discuss if it's time for him to come over to the NHL. The way he's developing, he's getting ready. So, Mike, now that's that's a guy. If he comes over, that's a that, that's for sure. That's a thousand percent. Grand Rapids guy might see him sneak up once or twice throughout the season. Uh, but still very exciting because if we go back to that graph, let's screw this up a little bit here. I mean, he's still doing just just as good. He's in our happy quadrant. He's in the getting good attempts, preventing attempts from the opponent, and actually productive. So he's actually putting points up there. So, um, Mike, we could have we could have this left side of the D shoring up a little bit here. Um, and while we're talking about it, I'll I'll do this the right yeah, way. Yeah, maybe in twenty twenty four. <laughs> i mean right though like like think about that and I'll, I'll pull up cap friendly in a sec here um like we were talking about earlier we'll skip the johansson highlights you guys know he's he's doing fine <laughs> <laughs> looking at the looking at this cap friendly uh screenshot uh yeah. we've, we've got uh our, our technology budget is through the roof left side d mike we know that's our weaker side uh, not to say that the right side is good to go. We just have one cider. Um, but we have Edmondson on this chart now. You've got Edmondson. Wallander is not on here yet. Uh, but you've got Edmondson. We're still we're still holding out for McIsaac, right? Uh, you've got Johansson. Um, I mean, we could throw Seth Barton in there. Uh, you've got Sabrango that we've fallen in love with because he always gets high marks from whoever his coach is. It's just gushing about the guy. And of course he considers himself that uh, hybrid player of old school and new school. Uh, we'll throw the puck at the net and we'll also bash your head in. And uh, Emil Vero, who uh, has become everybody's favorite toss in on trade deadline day, probably will happen on <laughs> draft day too. Everybody's uh, they're in love with Emil Vero. They left throwing in uh, Vero on any of their trade proposals because we know that he's doing well. Uh, but Mike, here we go. Let's let's. Go. What was that count? One, two. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Barton's right side. That's why I didn't have him on my list. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Left side defensemen. Mike, do we have? Do we have maybe two? At least one for sure. Career Redwing. Out of these five. And I don't need an answer from you because we don't know. Somebody could get injured. But I think at least we could play this game where it's like, all right, these are semi-high draft picks. We've got a lot of them. They're in play. They're soon to be developed by us if we can take that Chris Draper comment and kind of say, all right, maybe he's just trying to pull back a little bit on his own excitement. Um, so five. Five left side defensemen. We know it's our weakest side. You said 2024, but honestly, I mean, this is the game we got to play, right? We can cross our fingers. You want to put you want to put Edmondson in there? Fine. Out of the four other guys, do we have at least one? One more left side defenseman. Yeah, eventually. The more the more we the more we talk about this, the more I'm I'm kind of realizing that most of this summer for the Red Wings is going to be throwing a bag at an older defenseman. Well, Eric throws in there. It all depends on what Iserman does, and he ain't talking. 
now Edward Roby throws in there. Don't sleep on Johansson making the Wings roster next year. Had a solid year in the SHL and is taking a step in the playoffs. Draper also said, oh, okay. So Edward was, <laughs> Edward was right behind us. All right. So Edward was reading our mind. He knew what our slides were that were coming up. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the same game that we're playing here. I think for sure, in my mind, especially with Draper's comments, we don't even know if he's coming over to North America next year based on Draper's comments. But I think we can at least say he's definitely Grand Rapids bound, right? Yeah. I'm just getting all bummed out looking at the left side defensemen that are going to be available this offseason. Matt, talk yourself into 38-year-old Mike Giordano. Ooh. Well, he's having a hell of a time right now in Toronto, but... I mean, I know here. what you're doing. I mean, you, you, there's 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 other options. We're just we're playing the game of like. So let, let's let's just put it this way: instead of going yeah. through the names, I think that shows you that what the strategy is going to be is with all that cap space, they're going to be either signing or trading for a left side defenseman, making a crap ton of money next season because it doesn't matter. Our cap sheets, you know, we can do whatever we want with it. Um, so I, I that looks like probably priority number one. Because these guys we're very excited about, but responsibly, it's probably at least a season in Grand Rapids before we see them, um, you know, getting a, a real long look. Um, so I, I think that kind of paints the picture that, of what the offseason is going to be. You're including Edmondson in there? Seeing him in 2024. In oh, yeah. my God. All right. Wait, 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 wait. 20. Are you saying 2024, 25? Oh, so one, like at least a season in Grand Rapids and then coming okay. over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You scared me there for a second. I was going to say, I think that's a bust. We're still like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Now, Joel throws in there, are we expecting Cider to be as good as Makar and be on the Norris conversation every year? Or is it too soon to tell? I think if you said for sure, you are insane, right? If somebody out there was like, for sure, this guy's Norris conversation every year. I think you have to see, right? You have to see what the sophomore year starts out as. And I think everything we've seen, if you said, absolutely, he won't be in that conversation based on what we've seen so far, you're also insane. So, Mike, we, we get to live in this lovely little gray area. So... <laughs> I, I'm gonna, Joel. I'm gonna give you the worst answer ever. Um, I, I, I think anybody who has a for sure answer on that is pretty crazy. But I think we have seen enough to where if that if that isn't happening next season, I think I think they'll be. Here, here's what'll happen. You'll be you'll be sad. You'll be disappointed. And nobody will blame you. How's that? Right. If, 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 uh, and let me restate that so everybody knows what I'm saying. If Cider isn't in that Makar level, I think we're all going to be like, oh, well, shoot. I thought that's what was going to happen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's fair at that point if you're like, dang it, I kind of thought that's the direction we were headed. But I also think you'd be crazy to say for sure that's going to happen right now. I just think it's okay to be like to have your mind in that zone and kind of be like, okay, I think, I think it's, 
It's possible. If Makar can do it, why can't Cider do it? Like, what have we seen to say that it's not possible? I would I would like to just throw in there that he's uh, right now more than a point of game player. <laughs> he's far and away like the best defenseman in the league. Um, so I I mean those are nice goals to have, but I I don't know if Cider is necessarily the point per game guy. Not that he can't be, but I just feel like he's well. I would trust to have more of a power game than like I need him to like this season. McCarr's got 85 points in 74 games. He's, he's bananas. Um, I, that'd be great if Cider did that, but um, you know, he does a lot of smart plays. We've commented on him numerous times all season. But um, that's, I mean, that's a different, that's a different game. That's us saying, will he be exactly like McCarr? Uh, you don't so I mean, I, yeah, I can see him competing. To... I can see him competing for Norris's, but my God, I, I don't, I mean, Makar's doing unbelievable stuff right now. I, and he's uh, on, and he's on an amazing team. He is on an amazing team. Uh, Cider is on a, not quite as amazing team, uh, right. <laughs> slightly less amazing team. Um, uh, but I just, I really want to give Makar his, his due credit. He's, he's really doing unbelievable stuff right now. I, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I know what you're saying. I'm just trying to be a little pragmatic with how bananas this guy's numbers are as a defenseman. Right. And that that's, that's not to say that, um, I mean, you gotta, you gotta come at it too. Like, right. Isn't Colorado going to be disappointed when, or if McCarr doesn't do this season after season, but it's also, it's also very possible. It's more likely that he's not doing this season after season. Right. Uh, for McCarr, from McCarr's perspective. Uh, I'm just saying there hasn't been enough that we've seen from Cider to say, like, with how much he's learned over the season, how many times we've seen him, like, make those mistakes, correct that mistake forever, never make it again, and then he continues to score on a team that struggles. He, he makes this power play look like an actual power play sometimes. Um, like an actual legitimate playoff contending power play, despite it, you know, there being zero finish. Um, <laughs> there was, there was a heck of, uh, I know Cider wasn't out there, but there was, there was a heck of, uh, of a move today by the second power play where you're kind of like, how did that not go in? But that's where you play that game. There's plenty of room to upgrade this team. But anyway, just, I, I'm going to say, I would dig my heels in on my answer, but I'm also being extremely conservative with my answer. I'm basically just saying we haven't seen enough to say that he can't do that, but we absolutely there there'd be you'd be crazy right now to say yeah he's going to be putting up a point per game or just playing at such a high level defensively like he's such a great shutdown defenseman he absolutely will get Norris consideration next year just right yeah I mean we're, he, I'm living in he, the, he should, the way in the gray. Yeah, the way he's playing, the way he cleans up mistakes, absolutely. Um, I'm only going to bring this up because it's. I think it's just it crystallizes like how strong he is. Like we all love Verona. My God, that 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 the the release on that wrist shot is just unbelievable. Like you know, if he if he's healthy next year, he will probably get like 40 goals. All right, so Dan, but, but Dan just let me up. wait. Let me finish the thought. So I'm just saying oh, that sorry, with I'm those things, yeah, with those things in mind. <laughs> With those things in mind, like we know that he's got a lot to work on defensively. 
So when you kind of break down the numbers, you're like, well, he's very good at that side of the ice, but there's definitely things he works needs to work on defensively. Where Cider, my God, I don't I don't really know what else he needs to work on at this point, uh, besides becoming Makar. That's what he's got to work on. Because he's already a, a very excellent defenseman at age 20. So I just yeah, just go from very, 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 very great. Now your next thing is to be excellent all the time. That's that's about all he's got left to improve. Now Dan throws in there, I think with a solid partner not named to Kaiser, Mo has more offense to give. But oh boy, Makar is scary good. Um I like throwing in a little little stink. You know, too with comments. Like the Red Wings were an absolute um you know, festering turd in the toilet bowl um, last season. And then we brought up two rookies and, you know, you could see what a, what a marked difference that was. So I think Dan has a, a great point there. If you just add, you know, two more, you know, very good players, you know, what does Cider look like with a, with a competent, capable partner on the blue line? Now, Jared, giving it to me here. Uh, Matt is Matt- very pragmatic. He's both sides of his mouth. Matt would be a fantastic politician. <laughs> Uh, basically what Jared threw out there, Matt giving answers like a politician. Uh, absolutely. Look, I, yeah. I don't need any of this episode pulled and you guys sharing it on Twitter and saying, look at this bozo. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be right. As, as Jared put it, uh, I will be running for local office uh, here in Livingston County. It's a county in need of change. All right. Uh, Joel does finish off the thought here. He, he is really excited for cider. And I think that it's so, fu- okay. Like, it's so funny because Joel is playing the same game we're playing, right? Because you could sit here and say so much more. Um, cause that's almost an understatement, right? Like we're so excited for next year. Cause we we're all telling ourselves, all right, there has to be at least one or two legit upgrades. You get Verona for a full season. Um, so, like, how how do those numbers not increase for cider? Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's still <sighs> Mike Mike nailed it. I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm sitting here telling you, God, Edmondson is definitely going to be on the team. And then somebody asked me if cider's going to be in the Norris conversation. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> calm down there, Joel. Let's not get into it. But uh, no, I, I I pick and choose. And uh, I'm gonna be excited and whatnot too. Um, you know what? I'm cheating too, right? Because we're talking about prospects, and then I next year if Edmondson doesn't turn out to be Cider 2.0, I'll just be like, well, I mean, come on, he's a kid. Who really thought he was gonna be Cider 2.0? And I just have to hope nobody comes back to this episode. All right. Uh, Bvad 53 throwing out there. Makar must be cheating to get those numbers. He absolutely is. Man, we got to start cheating. I want some of those numbers. Now, how about how about Joel throwing in there, Verona, the second coming of Sergei Fedorov? Now, Joel, that one, that we did it. I don't agree. With, I do not agree with that because Fedorov was a very good defensive forward, and oh, Verona's not true. there yet. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy that got Selkie votes every year of his career, right? Or uh, I mean, at least up until he would Robitaille be a better defense. comparison? Wow, man! I mean, Robitaille, right? Because Robitaille was not a stopper on defense. Your all-time goal scorers. Um, 
man, off the top of your noggin, that's a really good pick. But I'd, I'd want to look at their numbers because obviously, I, I like if I think about those two, I think Verano is a much better stick handler and he's a guy that, you know, will can get into the zone by himself and create. But I mean, you're talking about a guy who's going to whip it at the net man, and just put it in. Could you imagine how many goals Verano would have like in the 80s when the goal <laughs> pads were like the size of a pencil? <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Jared. Your boy, your boy showed up. Tristan's here. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> I uh Tristan throwing in there. This is probably about Edmondson, right? I personally uh, personally feel, though he may not be the complete player Cider is, Edmondson will rack up more points playing an offensive role, similar to Heisken and Klinberg pairing. Hmm. Just much larger. Well, yeah. Uh that's one thing we keep forgetting to mention is what a I mean, this is this is gonna be the brothers of destruction. Of course, uh, we're the brothers of discussion, but the brothers of destruction, of course, Kane and the Undertaker from the WWE. Um, there's going to be some real potential, Mike. I'm very excited uh, to watch two six foot five giants yeah. uh, with skill <laughs> on the blue line. I can't wait. And how how tall is Wallander? Like, I mean, it'd be one thing for us to bring up. Wallander uh, I want to say Wallander is he six ago, six as well? He's doing so well right now as Junior Player of the Year. Um, I, I had six foot five in my head, but you know what? This oh, he's six. Really he's a dwarf at, at six foot oh, four. He's yeah. tiny. He's six four. Oh man. Yeah, he's a baby human. All right. <laughs> he's gonna be our smallest defense. at six five. Uh, <laughs> Wallander at six four. Cider six five as well, right? Um. Six, yeah. yeah. All right, what are we doing? I'm on. I'm on the website now. Did you already confirm it? Is that? Oh, you said yes. Six foot. Yeah, the the, the little guy is uh, Johansson at just six foot even. Whoa! What a shrimp! I could beat him up. Um, but it all it all even back out when we call him Solterblom, and he's you know six foot nine. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Now, I bet six foot eight, little guy. That's gonna be a crazy PP two, right? Because cider's sticking on PP one for a while, but PP two is gonna have Soderblom. And Edmondson at some point. Soderblom would be the tallest starter on the Pistons right now. Really? Yep. The Pistons. Yeah. The no, no way. Pull up. Well, I, I'm kind of cheating because they don't start a seven footer at center, but yeah. All right. So officially, elite prospects six foot eight. Should we go by centimeters? They have uh, 202 centimeters. Should we pull that up for the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, see which piston is tallest by centimeters. Yeah. <laughs> tallest metric system piston. I just don't believe this. I have to pull this up. All right. The first guy I see yeah. says six foot eleven. I don't even have a name yet. Let's pull this up. Eleven. Oh, uh well, Marvin Bagley doesn't really oh. start yet. That's Here probably what they're getting at. Yeah. Here we go. All right. So if you go to DetroitPistons.com, it doesn't list their height. So I have to go to ESPN. <laughs> why, why are why are you challenging me on this? I'm telling you, they have Beef Stew, who's only like six eight. Then they have Jeremy Grant, who's like six nine, six eight ish. We'll call him no, six eight for not... this for the purpose of this argument. He's six eight. Uh, Sadiq Sadiq Bay also six eight, so he would be the tallest piston. We're it's not, not going to count. I don't Marvin Bagley is not signed for next season yet, so I'm not counting him. All right, uh, that's my favorite guy on the team. Um, 
No, this is incredible. I, I believed you. I just wanted to, I wanted to confirm it. Um, but yeah, you have quite an uh, encyclopedic uh, memory of heights. That's what I do. Sit around and think about how tall people are. <laughs> Bagley, six foot 11 and Garza, six foot 10. So our bench I, is taller. Than he would not be the tallest guy on the bench, but he would be our tallest starter at six foot eight. Wait, Jeremy Grant's not a starter? He's six foot eight. Okay, so you're saying he'd be tied. All right. That's Ty's still not the same. Hey, we're on the NHL. Ties count. (laughs) Not anymore. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) You get a point for that. Um All right. Well, this is a sad question. Smith wants to know with Outsider and Raymond, how many more losses do you guys think we would have this year? I think that we would be challenging Arizona and Montreal for that. Do you think it would be a challenge? I think we would have been the worst team in the league. That's a lot of points in production and in like special teams minutes that are being allocated to God, what defenseman would even be playing in cider spot? Just (laughs) horrible. Horrible. Uh, Callan's guess was 82 losses, maybe 92. I do like that guess. (laughs) <laughs> um oh i missed a lot of comments i'm sorry guys that question was that was a little bit ago oh i guess it was only six minutes ago but yeah tristan coming in Fedorov was the ultimate all-around player uh tristan right there dude yep curtis remember when Fedorov was on d for a bit um uh, eric top, top end 200 foot play okay we that was that was a while back but we're all we're all on the same page um <clears throat> Where's the Robitaille comments? I want to see if people are on board with yeah, that. Yeah, did anybody like that Robitaille? Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to call him Brett Hull, because Brett was the, the slap shot guy. All right, Tristan wants to know how tall we are. I'm 5'10". If you stacked tell. us on top of each other, we would be half of a Soderblom. <laughs> oh. Mike, are you 5'10"? Aren't we the same height? Um... I am, if, like, if you laid me on my back, I'm about the length of a Soderblom skate. Okay. So you, you don't want to, so you're, you're not 5'10", is what I'm guessing, because you don't want to tell I don't, everybody that I you're don't think so. Me. I think I'm maybe, f- probably, like, yeah, depending on the skates I'm wearing, I'm, like, 6'2". <laughs> Wait, Jared, is this is this your guess for our height, 5'9 on skates, or is this your height, Jared? Um, and that because I when I first saw this, I was like, I mean, you're you're right on. Let's put it this way: I would not be drafted by Iserman. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Besides the hockey, the lack of hockey ability, when he was looking at heights, he'd yeah. be like, no, no. Uh, yeah, we'd both be Montreal Canadiens. I think we'd be playing with Cole Caulfield <laughs> for playing. sure. We'd be on a we'd be on a line. <laughs> we'd be like that's- the Sedin twins with Caulfield. <laughs> That's the game to play. How tall are you based on which team would draft you? Um, our, our line name would be Hobbiton for the three Hobbits. Um, yeah. Jared, so this is what the podcast listeners have to deal with. <laughs> Ricky did want us to, to jump into some Soderblom talk. Um, there, there was a little bit, Ricky, what you missed, because all, all we've pretty much touched on in this episode is that I think he's signing his entry-level contract soon, and I think he's coming over to Grand Rapids. I think there's too much progress this year to uh, to not bring him over to uh, to North America. 
And then, yeah, there he is. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. I'd love to see him play some good time with Grand Rapids. All right, Ricky, we're on the same page. I'm sorry. I should have read that one. <laughs> so, yeah, I will say, um, once again, your priority next season, guys, is to spend money to watch Grand Rapids Griffins hockey. Find a way to stream it. Find a way to go attend in person because it's going to be musty TV. You're going to be watching all these six foot six Goliaths, just like big old Eds, you know, putting out fires um, at, you know, uh, Saruman in Lord of the Rings. That's what it's going to look like. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Mike, another big guy who's who's already on the team, uh, Callan threw in there. Nice to see Rass carrying the puck into the zone. He's looking much improved. Um, do we want to pull up? We'll, we'll take a look at that highlight. Why not? What else are we going to do? Micah, uh, <clears throat> uh, you do have your, your topic that you brought up that I want to get into next, but uh, I want to give, I want to give Kelly. Yeah, I want to talk. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, Kelly, you got your due here. It's a good call out. Let's, uh, let's watch Raz carry the puck in. Uh, cause this is, this is coming from, uh, Detroit Red Wings Twitter. Matt didn't really make any highlights this weekend cause he was busy. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, this is what we've been getting from Rasmussen. He's uh, what I, I would say the last month, he's kind of just turned it on. Now there's, there's two schools of thought here, Mike. Rass had it in him the whole time. And he's just being put into position with this team being so depleted by injury. He has more opportunity to do this kind of stuff. And maybe Jeff's kind of letting go a little bit um, and giving these guys the, the green light. You know, not today against New Jersey. Today was let's shut it down. Let's get an extra win. I don't know why. Well, that's what they decided to do. But, I mean, Rass is just taking command, right? And and a part of this, too. Let's let's back this up. <clears throat> I think everybody hates this part of the episode when I do this, and I go real <laughs> slow on these replays. But this is a two-on-one. Clearly, you're going to have space. Uh, but the defenseman playing this is not saying Rasmussen is the guy I need to shut down. He's kind of playing 50-50 here. So this is good awareness by Rasmussen to know that he's going to have a good shot on that. He has to execute, put it in the back of the net. So good on Ras to, to finish her off here. But um, this is also, uh, uh, let's be honest, like Ras is getting more opportunities. So these are coming in more. And he's taking advantage right now that they're going to let him skate in and they're not going to press him. So he gets that shot off, right? And that's smart. That's not bad. Take advantage of it. Because when that guy comes over, I'm not sure if that's Sonny on the other side there. He's going to rip it over to Sonny. Yeah, you know what's interesting is uh, since Verona's been back, um, it kind of feels like, I, I don't know, I don't really know what Verona feels like his role is in the locker room, but it definitely feels like guys are starting to sh like take scoring opportunities like he does um, and firing off of weird angles just because the priority is, you know, if you want to be uh, deceitful, um, you know, get it off at a weird angle or, uh, you know, at a, at a weird time. So the goalie's not even really prepared for the shot. Um, like we saw that a little bit, uh, was that today? Sonny's goal, um, where he just kind of, you know, yeah. whacked at it, put it in. <laughs> yeah, um, crazy. yeah. And, uh, you know, Rasmussen has definitely been doing that the past couple weeks, um, uh, where it just feels like, you know, he's in effort mode. Um, he's not trying to get too cute. He's, you know, Again, I, I feel like he's kind of taking a page out of the Verona book, and I'm just going to, you know, try and take a whack at it, even if I'm in kind of a weird spot between the circles. Uh, maybe I'm not in my in my happy zone, but, you know, I'm here, I'm close, let's see what happens. And it's it's paying off for him. Yeah, Callum thrown in there, too. I, I like this point. Um, he definitely was just dump 
<laughs> and not chasing, which I, I do. I, that is kind of funny. Um, so or it just feels yeah. that way because we know how rough his skating has been since he was, you know, uh, on elite prospects. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe he did. Callan finished this year. So maybe he did have it at him. He just wasn't doing it. Uh, he's also playing tougher on the boards, uh, which is something when we look at Rass's size, you immediately think that's what you're going to get. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you never know how to put a finger on it, right? Like, what is this line being asked to do? But he was in that grinder role, so he should have been up against the boards and killing some clock and stuff like that. But, you know, you talk about, again, what's your grinder role when you're leading is, is get, going out there and killing some clock. When you're behind all the time, <laughs> now, now you're being asked to be in that grinder role and maybe get the puck moving in the right way. And um, that doesn't always work out when, you know, uh, I, I hate to say it, but some of the guys that you put on that third and fourth line are there for a reason. So it's tougher to kind of gain the zone and keep building confidence. So those, those are just some of the realities to always keep in mind when we're looking at that stuff. But uh, I'm a great call out, Callum. Um, all right. Where are we at? Mike, you had a good one. Um, we had. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely great. something to only close the show you know, based, best based on, you know, the, the interest of, um, you know, the viewers, but we had that moment of Miguel Cabrera getting hit number 3000. And he's, he's in that really, really elusive club, only, you know, seven human beings on that list, like what, 3000 hits, 500 home runs. And he's going to be in an even more exclusive group with the number of doubles he has, I think, you know, over, over 400. And, um, it, it basically just boils down to um, being excellent and being consistent because every year it felt like the guy was hitting over 300, um, over 30 bombs. You could just count on him every single year, um, you know, to play enough games, um, to have enough of a offensive contribution, you know, coming out of the three slot um, in the batting order um, to keep being, pro- you know, productive. And, you know, now he's got those milestone numbers. Um and there was a lot of word about, you know, wow, we've, I hope you were here for this milestone because we're not going to see anything like this for a very long time. Um, so, you know, say what you will about the Tigers, but I just wondered if there's anything red wingy we could kind of bring this, you know, you know, kind of bring this home to our show. We don't have anybody who's close to any milestones right now. Um, you know, our, our longest tenured guy is, is Larkin. And, you know, we all know that he hasn't quite put up like the, the mega, you know, kind of McDavid dry slightly numbers um, yet, but is there anything, you know, kind of a current Red Wing or maybe even a prospect, maybe you're excited about that you think might have a potential to do something like Cabrera ish where it's, you know, not just, you know, a, a, a glimmer, not just a, a hot season, but maybe somebody who can have that season in season out excellence uh, that you can count on. And they eventually get to that point where they're, you know, not just league leaders, but like career leaders in statistic X. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, I'm trying to pull up his, his stats. Cause what we're asking is someone going to be breaking records with the Tigers. Cause clearly Cabrera didn't start his season with us. I'm sorry, his career with us, but um can someone kind of repeat this in a Detroit Red Wings jersey, this level of success to be arguably one of the greatest hitters in Major League Baseball history? 
I think there's an easy answer to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right now it feels like cider or bust. Like this guy's gonna have to start putting up some Macar numbers. Um, right. You know. I mean, that. so part of the reason I brought up uh, I wanted to get Cabrera's numbers up was to be like, all right, can you have like a so-so rookie season and like. You know, just, just yeah, like uh, you guys know where my head's at. Just keep and, like, raising the bar for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, he was twenty uh, seventh in MVP voting in his rookie year, um, and fifth fifth in rookie of the year voting. Uh, it was eighty seven games. Uh, he was really just knocking the cover off the ball and getting walked a lot. Um, I mean, it was a two sixty eight batting average. So it wasn't like the greatest rookie season ever. The MVP votes and being 27th means that your hometown sports writers, right? They're, they're voting for you. Uh, yeah. So it's it's nothing to get too excited about, but th- that was happening very early on. But then it was the next season. He's batting 294, 30 home runs, um, or 33 home runs, I should say, and 100 RBIs. So he's got 112 RBIs in season number two. Uh, a five <laughs> twelve slugging percentage in your second year, um, eight seventy nine OPS, and some some of you guys are you know as uh, what do I want to say familiar with all the baseball stats here, but I mean I'm reading off numbers that are very good for a second year player. So <clears throat> Cider's going to be in this realm, right, of being at least in fifth in rookie of the year voting. Um, but then moving forward, all-star MVP votes every year and shoot, we've got two MVP awards, of course, with, uh, the Tigers and, uh, yeah, I mean, then you're talking about an all-time statistic. So right now, anybody on this team, if you're going to like start the conversation by looking at awards, then yeah, you've got your cider. Um, I don't know if, if Lucas with, with the kind of things we're looking at for like all time points, it's almost like, all right, well, Lucas didn't have 200 points in his rookie season. So it's too late for Lucas. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like based off like rescue numbers and stuff. So clearly there's plenty of room for, for Lucas to, and, and it's not like we're looking at Cabrera right now and he has the most hits all time. He's just got so many of these statistics where he's, you know what in the in the top 20 or uh how many guys have hit 3000 it's like 30 40 something like that yeah it's yeah it's a lot more people than the list cabrera is on because they they also included power numbers which is you know where he you know that's where he became so special um but i mean the question basically becomes are there any future hall of fame all of famers on this current crop of red wings well, uh, we go back to that same cider conversation, but let's give Tristan a shot here. He's got, he just started the conversation by throwing in uh, Larkin hits 90 plus points next year and, and 40 goals. Woo! Um, cider and Edmondson will be the first D men to win the Norris back to back twice. So he's talking cider 26, Edmondson 27, then cider, then Edmondson. Um, Justin throws in a nice heart emoji. I like that. I think that was for Tristan. Um, and then, uh, 
Brad says 31, I think. Oh, is that for 3,000 hitters? Oh, thanks, Brad. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> so you don't have to be number one in points, but yeah, Hall of Fame career, going back to that cider conversation about can he be a Norris Trophy candidate next year? And if the, what, the production, if the turnout doesn't hit that, like I said, you'd be disappointed. But again, have we seen anything to say that that can't happen yet? No. So yeah, Cider's it's in think, that like, same realm of conversation yeah. where it's like, you haven't seen anything to say Cider can't be in that Hall of Fame conversation. So you don't write him off after one year. Because there are guys I think you could look at after one season and say, sure, they're in the NHL. Uh, but that you know, they don't they're not making it to the Hall of Fame. But um I, I think if we're playing this game, is there anybody on this roster that could be a career Red Wing and go to the Hall of Fame? I think after watching one year of Cider, I think you could pick him. If you have to pick one. I'm not saying for sure he's headed to the Hall of Fame. I'm trying to be again, uh, as Jared put before, being very political. Uh, like a politician, I should say. Not very political. Like a politician yeah. in my answers here. Yeah, I think um, obviously if if we can see it, you know, we're, we're not the talent assessors that Steve Eiserman and the, you know, the boys upstairs are. If we can see how good he is, they have to be just falling out of their chairs with, you know, what they found in Mo Sider. Like, yeah, obviously we drafted him sixth and, you know, we, we felt pretty good about him. Um, I, I don't, I, I can't believe that they thought they were getting, you know, the rookie of the year and a guy who, you know, potentially it was just, you know, what, maybe 8% more production, you know, could be up there in that in that Norris conversation as a rookie. Um, so it kind of makes me think that if we bring this back to Cabrera, the Tigers operated their team a little bit differently because that guy was on the roster, right? Yeah. Where it felt like every single season is technically a contending season because you at least know that you have a guy who can carry the offense. So if we have some, you know, pitching, you know, this could be a playoff team. So I wonder if that gets to the point where they're like, wow, like, you know, we have a captain we trust in Larkin. We have a, a pretty good goal scorer in Verona. Um, pretty nice that we hit on that. And we might have a Hall of Fame defenseman insider. Are we going to let these years kind of go to waste? Or do we try to acquire people to play next to him? Because we've seen how good he can be uh, basically with a guy, we're going to call it a coattails defenseman, where they're, they're not really there pro, you know, productively, um, you know, I would say offensively or defensively. So he's kind of been leading by himself. Um, we know how rough the pairings have been. So it's like, do you want to not have, you know, capable talent next to this guy when you know how good he is by himself? Um, it was one of our comments just, just a few comments ago. What could he look like with somebody who knows what they're doing? How good could he be? Like how many more assists could he get if he's passing to somebody who knows what the F they're doing defensively and offensively insider can, you know, feel like he can take more risks, you know, to try and go score. Cause you, you no. can't right now. We've got, he's, we've got another example that uh, like fits what you were just describing with cider. Uh, but Tristan thrown in there. Verona could be hall of fame. If he stays in Detroit and wins a lot of cups with us, a lot of cups is key. Uh, but uh, consistent 40 goal guy. Uh, Charlie coming in, Mike, kind of to your point, he needs a backstrom. 
then let history be written. Charlie, I love that comment so much. But yeah, I mean, can can you find can you find a, a center like Backstrom to throw it at Verona? Um, we've talked about that a lot. Um, about yeah. making sure Verona has somebody that he's not just forced to create offense on his own, but somebody can actually throw him the puck and he can whip it at the net. Um, but yeah, that's that's another guy to this conversation. Like, if you talk about what you've seen, um, and you want to talk about Mike is Cabrera gonna go down in history as one of the greatest first baseman fielders of all time? No, uh, no, I wouldn't say that, right? So, we want to talk about Verona putting in 40 goals. If that was to happen, and what we've seen so far based on his, you know, goals per 60 statistics, that would lead you to believe it's very possible. So if we're going to play the same game with Cider, where it's like, well, have you seen enough to say no? Have we seen enough from Verona? I mean, we brought him in and said, all right, he wasn't getting a ton of points with Washington, but his points per 60 were fantastic. He's continued that trend. And the more minutes he gets, he still keeps putting the puck at the back of the net. So we want to see a full 82 games. Tristan, I think that's a huge point. It's can yeah. he stay healthy to get through a season. But you don't need this guy to be a two-way forward to be in the Hall of Fame conversation. You could be the greatest of all time and be in that conversation for the time that you're playing like a Sergei Fedorov was because you were that good two ways. I would throw in Pavel Datsuk, but we're not talking about the greatest of all time. We're talking about Hall of Fame worthy. So I would say... Charlie coming in with a good point. He needs he needs a backstrom, but Tristan also kind of kind of lined it up with a fantastic example where it's like kind of one for one. Where you're talking about what did Mickey bring to the game? He brought a hell of an off. He bought he brought one of the best offensive games to baseball we've ever seen. But yeah, not a great base runner, not uh, not a great fielder. So he was he's winning MVP awards. By, oh, God, this kind of sucks to say because he's so good. But, uh, you know, just one-dimensional sounds so bad. But, right, he he wins MVP awards. Yeah, no, I, I think I yeah. think you're, you're allowed to say that. He's not a, he's not a five-tool guy uh, when he, you know, was winning the awards. It was, you know, the, the statistics, that, statistics that popped off the page were all offense. And that's okay. He didn't, you know, it was so good. It was, you could kind of ignore, you know, what he did it on the field. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, what's so tough about hockey. Cause it, that's why it's going to be tough for Verona. Uh, we, we know that he has the, the skill, you know, to score a bunch of goals, but man, you got, you got to stay on the ice brother. And, you know, on, uh, I think of the Red Wings role, you know, they're going to ask him, you got to stay healthy, dude, please take care of your body this off season. We, we really need you for 82 games. And it's, it's on the, it's the onus is on Iserman to get this guy a center. Um, yeah. It, it can't be pews. All right. Uh, last last question. Um, we're giving it to Jared. And then we're going to sail off. Does Helberg play, Mike, before this season ends? Do we get to see Magnus Helberg? I also, don't know. I don't know why he's not playing already. Absolute, uh, like, boner here by the Red Wings to not get Helberg in there in that last home game because that would have been – like, if I was the PA guy, I would have had so much fun with that. And in that, Magnus! 
Helberg. <laughs> a name right out of Vince McMahon's like WWE character book, you know? Yeah. Um, if Helberg doesn't work out in the NHL, I think he should head down to Florida and get started. In get NXT him in the performance right center. Away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would have done it an unprecedented move. I would have announced saves. Saved by Magnus Helberg. Oh. Yeah. Look at Kellen. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Helberg against the Devils. <laughs> it writes itself. That's that's perfect. Last <laughs> game of the season. Helberg, Devils. It's right in there. All right. Uh, I'm going to say, to answer the question, I don't think we see Magnus. I hate to say it, but I, I don't. I think that sucks. I think I would absolutely love to see Helberg in one game. Um, what do you guys feel about in these next couple of games? Like Jared put out there, uh, he'll play in Toronto. Can I say if he's the backup, we'll see him. <laughs> you know, with all the hot potatoing we've done with goaltenders this season, are you telling me we can't find one period to give Helper? Come on, man. I'm saying that Toronto's going to light us up. So whichever the two goaltenders that are active. I think Grice might be done for the season. So if Helberg's active, he's getting in there. Might be getting just, one period, but he's getting in there. Is I that bad? Don't, I, I don't that, understand. I mean, Grice is 100% about? not going to be on this team next season. Why aren't we doing auditions? I, I don't understand. I He has to be practicing so terribly. <laughs> have to be the worst practices of all time. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my guess is we don't see Helberg. Uh, but again, if he's active in Toronto, I think you're going to see the backup goaltender. So he's either starting, he's coming in to relieve. Um, all right. Uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in. If you have a second, hit that like button for us. Does us a world of good. Uh, we'd love to get a review from you guys on Apple podcasts. If you do the subscribe rate review, everybody will find us. And same thing for Spotify. Uh, you can rank us. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. We got the notification. We haven't gotten enough votes yet to tell us uh, what our ranking is. Uh, but if it means anything to you, we're like the highest ranked, uh, you know, star-wise Red Wings podcast. So, uh, you know, we're doing pretty good. Uh, right. Mike, you ready to sail off? I am ready, brother. This might is a good be, one. This might be our time uh, to start these episodes because we had a ton of people tune in. Of course, great news with Simon Edmondson, but uh, yeah, we had a lot of people showing up and we uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Ready? Everybody, thanks again. We'll see you on Wednesday. Toodaloo. Woo!